Good morning. My name's Terry Yearwood. I'm one of the pastors here at Cornerstone. I have the privilege of working with our family ministry and with our community outreach and also with our interns. Well, this morning, if you've been following along in our 100 days, uh, we're, this morning we're going to be talking about a spiritual discipline of witnessing. And so before we get into that, let me ask you a question. How many of you have been fearful or afraid of something or someone? Well, most of us would admit we're fearful of at least one thing, if not several, right? Everything from a scared movie to spiders to being in the dark to divorce to job loss. I actually checked a couple of websites and found the top most common human fears. There were loneliness, death and dying, public speaking, and snakes. Snakes would be one of mine, for sure. Uh, so it got me thinking, well, what am I fearful of in my Christian life? Is it totally surrendering to God, not knowing what might be ahead? How about being a missionary in Africa? <laughs> if I totally surrendered to God, am I fearful of maybe God sending me somewhere to a third world country or somewhere in a remote village? Or even worse, maybe he would make me become a preacher. Just kidding. Well, I actually ran across a LifeWay Christian Publications poll in Alvin Reed's book, Sharing Jesus Without Freaking Out. And in that poll, it concluded witnessing ranks at the top of the list as one of the most fearful things a Christian does. In fact, the poll went on to cite that evangelism consistently ranks among the least activities that Christians do. I can believe this because it's near the top of my list. See, when I first became a believer, I couldn't wait to tell people how I first came to know and understand the creator of the universe desires to have a love relationship with me. That this life that I was living that was filled with this brokenness could actually be renewed and given real purpose. I remember the first opportunity I had to tell a group of my party friends. You're talking about a party foul. I committed one that night. But I didn't care. I, I no longer needed the drugs to get me high. I had Jesus, right? But as I grew in my knowledge of God and, and I got busy in the church, something changed. I started overthinking sharing Jesus with others. I started isolating myself more from the old friends. It became harder for me to share. I even began to care way too much about what others were thinking about me. How did I get to this point? Well, in the book, Sharing Jesus, I mentioned earlier, Alvin poses the question that I want us to focus upon this morning. The question is, how have we created a version of Christianity that makes us freak out over telling the best news in the history of the universe? Let me repeat that question again. How have we created a version of Christianity that makes us freak out over telling the best news in the history of the universe? What a great question, huh? Well, to help answer this question and to possibly clear up some misconceptions about witnessing, I want you to turn your Bibles to the book of Acts, chapter 1. And we're going to be reading verses 1 through 8. As you're turning there, let me just say today, my desire is twofold. One is that you would embrace witnessing as a spiritual discipline. 
The second thing is that I would encourage us to see witnessing not as an option we can choose to do, but as a privilege we've been given to share in. So let me begin reading verse 1. It says, In the first book, O Theophilus, have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach. Till today when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. To them he presented himself alive after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during forty days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? Jesus said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. Verse 8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria to the end of the earth. Now focus on this verse 8 with me. This is where we're going to spend our time today. It says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Jesus says two things here in verse 8. He says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then he says, You will be my witnesses. So everyone who has put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, they have the Holy Spirit living within them. And everyone who has put their faith in Jesus Christ will be a witness. So let's look at these two realities that Jesus told the apostles here. We're going to start in reverse order with you will be my witnesses. You see, every believer, Jesus says, will be my witness. There are no water boys. There are no armchair quarterbacks. No, all believers are playing in the game. If your life has been changed by Jesus Christ, we have a story to tell. That doesn't sound too difficult, right? Pretty straightforward from the mouth of Jesus. So what's the problem? What is the breakdown when it comes to us being a witness? Well, I think one problem is we confuse witnessing with the role of an evangelist. Follow me here, okay? The, the word witness is a key word in the book of Acts. It's used 29 times. It is someone who tells what they have seen and heard. If you've been a witness to a conversation or an accident, you know what the role of a witness is. This is what Jesus is telling the disciples. Everything you heard and saw me do, go and tell. Whereas an evangelist is a person that receives a special gift from God to help them reach the lost. And they do this by preaching the gospel and equipping the saints to share the gospel. Not everyone has the gift of an evangelist, but every believer is a witness. In my early years of being a Christian, I would listen to these powerful evangelists, and I would dream of being like them one day. I would dream about riding down the road at 11 or 12 at night with a gas can in my car full, ready to run up on a 
person that had ran out of gas so I could put gas in the car and lead them to Christ. Or that I could stand like Billy Graham in the front of hundreds of thousands of people and tell them the grace and the mercy that Jesus Christ has for them. I dreamed about being an evangelist. But I soon realized God had a different role for me to play. And yet this role that he has asked me to play is just as important as those powerful evangelists. You see, what I discovered was the thing that made these evangelists so powerful, the Holy Spirit, is the same Holy Spirit that is working in me. Look at verse 8 again. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Wow. He changes everything. I don't have to be someone I'm not anymore because I can allow the Holy Spirit to shape me into who he needs me to be. You see, the Holy Spirit is the game changer. He's a person. He's not some impersonal power floating around in, the, in space. He has a mind. He has a will. He has emotions. Holy Spirit knows and communicates the mind and thoughts of God. He helps us understand and interpret Scripture. He opens our hearts and our eyes to see Jesus. So Jesus says, you will be my witnesses, but don't be afraid or fearful because the Holy Spirit will be with you when you witness. Here are some ways in which the Holy Spirit works when we are witnessing. He will set up divine appointments for you. He will bring random changes in your day or crazy moments in your day. How many times have you replayed in your mind a, a day and you said, wow, that was a crazy day. And then it dawned upon you, okay, God, that was you, wasn't it? That, that was you creating these divine appointments, whether it was a flat tire, or you ran out of gas, or you were late to work. These were divine appointments where you ran by your neighbor and you've never seen them out at the time in which you rode by and you were able to say something to them and maybe even tell them you were praying for them. That's a divine appointment that the Holy Spirit directs and controls in our life. Maybe you couldn't see it when it was happening, but as you look back over that day, you realize, I know what you were doing then, God. I can see it now. Another thing the Holy Spirit does, He puts people into our life that need to hear the story of Jesus and His saving work. This includes everyone from your children to your family to your neighbors and co-workers. The Holy Spirit will give you courage to engage in a conversation. You ever been so nervous, even the Apostle Paul was nervous. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 6, he says, Pray for me that I will speak boldly when I open my mouth, because I'm going to share with people that are strangers to me. And if you ever thought, I could never do that, I, I couldn't believe I said that, what happened? The Spirit of God empowered you. He gave you courage to speak up. Another thing that he will do if you ask him is he will give you the words to say when we speak. I know for me, a lot of times, the Spirit of God will uh, remind me that I've got two ears and one mouth, and I need to listen more than I need to speak. And so even though I will look back over my conversation, and I'll kind of replay it with someone, and I think about, oh, I could have said this, or I could have said that, I realize that, no, it was the Spirit of God that directed me to say a certain thing in a certain time. And so 
He will do that for us. Another thing the Holy Spirit will do in our witnessing is that he'll be working in the life of the person that we are witnessing to. How many times have you finished sharing with someone and you think, wow, they were actually interested in listening to what I was saying? See, I'm always amazed when God uses an old redneck Georgia boy to point people to Jesus. So let's go back to the question, especially in light of these two realities that we just looked at, that Jesus has promised us from verse 8. The question is, how have we created a version of Christianity that makes us freak out over telling the best news in the history of the universe? Well, here are some possible reasons why witnessing, I think, can make us freak out. The first one is, when we are lukewarm, our first love has faded into the sunset. Our first love intensity is hard to maintain day in and day out, right? It's, it's kind of like marriage when all of the attention is on the wedding day and, and the honeymoon. And you reach this level of love and this intensity of love. And then a week later when you're back from your honeymoon, this intensity of love is hard to maintain. Why? Well, because life happens. We get busy. We get other things that draw our heart away from our spouse or draw our heart away from God. And so there's so many things out there that compete with our affections and desires. And so when I'm lukewarm in my faith, it can be a challenge for me to witness. Another area for me is when I'm prideful. You see, when we worry about what others think of us, this is such a powerful lie from the enemy. Another reason I believe that we are fearful to witness is we're not fully ready. Some of us would say, well, we need more training. What if we don't know what to say? I remember when we went on staff with Campus Crusade, and we had to memorize the four spiritual laws to help us in our witnessing. And I was so focused on getting every word right out of that four laws booklet that I just stopped listening to the other person. I was so captivated by making sure that I, I said every little word correct and got every sentence right that it became so mechanical to me. And, and the pe people that I was sh sharing with they sensed that I was just reading. And it was more of me just reading over them than really engaging and entering into a conversation with them. Another big reason for me is that I don't have relationships with lost people. You see, when we seem to kind of only hang out with people who think like us, who like the same things that we like, when we become believers, a lot of times this happens to us. And we'll, we'll rightfully leave our old lifestyle if it was, you know, broken. And we'll rightfully join into the body of Christ. But sometimes in doing that, we isolate our old friends. We isolate those people who are outside the church. And that becomes a challenge to us witnessing. Another uh, challenge is the fear of rejection. No one likes rejection, do we? We all want to be accepted and loved. You see, I could keep going, but those are excuses. And we don't need more excuses. We need more encouragement. We need to embrace witnessing as a spiritual discipline this morning. 
And if we don't, I think we will see it as an option and not a privilege. Will it be challenging? Yes. Could it even be fearful at times? Yep. So here are some ways we can make witnessing a spiritual discipline. First thing we can do is begin by praying for God to bring people into your life to share with. One of the things that we've been really focusing on over the last several weeks in our 100 days is prayer. Many of you have started a new prayer ritual. Many of you have prayed more over the last seven weeks than you've prayed maybe in the last 10 years. And so begin praying and asking God to lay people on your heart that you need to share with. Another thing you can do is ask for specific opportunities and to be alert when they come up. Pray and ask the Holy Spirit to give you the words to say. Ask Him. Ask Him for courage to be able to tell God's story and your story. Practical thing that you can do that I found so beneficial in my witnessing is that I write out my personal testimony. I write out all the details, the, the major details of my life before Christ, when I came to Christ, and then after Christ. In the book of Acts, Paul uses this framework. He uses this outline on three different occasions. One, he talks about before Christ. Remember, he talks about how he was a Jew of Jews. And then uh, he talks about when he came to Christ, when he was on the Damascus Road. And then he talks about all the things that have happened to him up until he's become a believer. And so Paul's kind of got his story nailed. And this is what uh, can help you uh, if you will write down your personal testimony, go over it and really uh, begin to learn how you want to deliver that testimony. Another thing uh, that is helpful is to study God's story. Look at how uh, Christian Burkhart has kind of helped us to look at God's story. He's got resources that can uh, help you work through God's story. These will become handy tools to help you in your witnessing. Another thing that I found is so critical is to learn certain words that naturally help transition a casual conversation to a gospel conversation. So let me leave you with these thoughts. Successful witnessing is taking the initiative to share the gospel and the power of the Holy Spirit and leaving the results to God. You see, witnessing is not about us, but it's about God and the person who needs Him. We're not Jesus' sales reps. It's not our responsibility to close a deal, but it's our privilege to brag on Jesus as our Savior and Lord. Whereas you think through this text today, and as you think through the points that were made, I, I pray that in your home fellowship groups and in your community groups, that you will discuss ways in which you can encourage one another to share our faith, that you can pray along with one another to have God bring people into your different lives and into your different settings in life, wherever you work and play. And and you can begin to pray for those people by name and you can begin to ask God to move upon their hearts and to draw them to himself. Today, I pray that you are encouraged that yes, we, we can make excuses, but Jesus has said, you will be my witnesses 
and you will be empowered by the Holy Spirit to witness. And so let me encourage you today. Let's go witness. Amen. Amen. I trust that no matter where you find yourself this morning, whether you are trying to figure out who Jesus is, you've been walking with him for maybe a year or two, or you're going on walking with Jesus for 30, 40, 50 years, that wherever you are, you were encouraged this morning to share the very essence of what Jesus has done in your life with somebody. And maybe you're trying to figure out maybe how to write a testimony or, you know, what the story of God really is all about. And we would love to resource you and help you kind of understand a little bit more what that looks, what that looks like. And so if that is you, would you email us at info at cornerstonesemi.com and we're going to send you a couple of things just to read. And then we'd also love to have a follow-up conversation with you about it. And you could also just be sitting there wondering, I know the Lord's calling me to share, but I don't know who he's calling me to share with. And so I just want to take some time for all of us um, to just pray about that. Also, if you, if you maybe don't know Jesus, if you haven't put your faith in Jesus yet, I also want to invite you just to say, Jesus, I need you in my life. And I need you to forgive me of my sin and, and make me new. And, and you will become indwelt by the Holy Spirit if you do say that. And you will become one of his kids. So no matter where you are, whether you're accepting Jesus for the first time or you're going to join me in praying for who we might share our story with, the story of God in our lives, uh, I trust the Holy Spirit will do a work in you right now. So would you close your eyes and pray with me? Lord, we know it's not rocket science. You've called us just simply to share what you've done in our lives whether it's with somebody who comes across our path, whether it's with our neighbor, whether it's with our colleague, whether it's with a family member, whoever it is, I believe right now you're speaking to us. You're bringing up in our hearts and our minds who you would have us share you with in our lives. And Lord, I just ask that you would give each of us the courage, the courage to have that conversation in just a normal way, but invite whoever it might be into that, into that dialogue about the beauty of Jesus, the grace of Jesus, the mercy of Jesus. And Lord, we trust you will do the work. You will reveal yourself as we take a step of faith. So I thank you for my friends that are joining us here today, whether they're trying to figure out where they fit into this life with Jesus or whether they've been walking with you for years and years and years and they've had the privilege of sharing you with many people. I thank you for who they are. I ask you to command your blessing upon their lives. And it's in the name of Jesus that I pray all these things. Amen. Lord bless you, Cornerstone. Remember, if you want those resources about the story of God or to figure out how you can share your own story, just send us an email info at cornerstonecme.com and we would love to get those to you. Lord bless you guys. See you soon.